ramming your brain through a table of wrestling knowledge. Oh my God, what's going to happen? Announce table. One hundred eighty one episodes of the Spanish Announce Table. I am Captain Awesome and it's T over there. Ah, we just went through, we already recorded this segment, although we didn't record this segment, apparently. It was not We tried. We tried, and it's a shame because we had a blast. It was going really well, and suddenly even, we had a surprise interview with my wife, who was, when I looked up, she was poking her head into my little makeshift studio that I have here, and we actually did Cinco Preguntas with her. Uh, on the fly, it was super fun, and now I'm pissed, and she's not going to believe any of this. She's going to like think that I was like, no, I'm not airing that, and it sucks, man. Well, you know, we can always say it's the lost interview. Maybe we can get her back. Yeah, we'll Maybe get her back sometime, but she, my she dogs made a cameo. Like, yeah, Paseo. I'm fucking pretty pissed, man. It it's was a so fun good. segment. Oh, well, yeah, we this is- hey. That's why you guys should donate a dollar so that we have better working equipment so things like that don't happen in the future. Jesus that would be nice. Thanks, Christ. guys. It's it's kind of annoying. But uh, this is the Spanish Announce Table, man. We, we, we talk pro wrestling. Uh, we did a lot this weekend, so let's run through that again. We've already kind of talked about this. I went to the inaugural NWL show this week, which was – we've talked about this a lot. It's the National Wrestling League starting up here. It closed down. They bought out uh, Metro Pro and uh, St. Louis Anarchy. Starting up two promotions simultaneously, uh, NWL's uh, Fight KC and Fight STL. They had their first show, Fight KC, uh, headlined, main evented by Blaine Meeks, who's been on the show, and the Royal Blood, otherwise known as the Regal Twins, who have been on the show many times, taking on Todd Letterman, Des Wellston, and Christian Adonis. Uh, it was super great. Uh, it was a fun time. They let me have a media pass, got a bunch of interviews, which I had a special out already that hopefully you've listened to. If not, go back uh, and listen to the NWL Fight KC special. It came off really well. We are going to interview the monarch, Jeremy Wyatt, a, a great friend of the show. We're going to interview him later in the second hour-ish, as well as the vice president of marketing, Travis Bowden. Uh, we've already done those interviews, uh, but you'll hear them later And they the recorded. Show. And they recorded. God damn it, man. I feel like a fucking putz right now. It That's happened. the best way to it say, happens. man. So I did not go to the show, and the reason why I did not go to the show is because I was enjoying my Christmas gift, which was a ticket to go see the great Tom Segura do stand-up at the Improv here in Kansas City, and it was amazing. Let me tell you about my Saturday night. I did miss the NWL show, and I kind of was a little bit sad about it, but this night made up for it. So I laughed three different times to almost when I was in tears with the stand-up of Tom Segura, and then after that, I was treated to Up Down, which is a pinball and video game bar. So I had high quality drinks, played 
NBA Jam, Mortal Kombat, and then I discovered my favorite pinball game. What was it, you ask? I'll answer. (laughs) It's the WWE Legends of WrestleMania Pinball. It has everyone. This is before Hogan got kicked out of the WWE. So it has Hogan. It has Rock. It has Stone Cold. It has Taker. It has Daniel Bryan. It has Seth Rollins. It has Dean Ambrose. It has, uh, who else? Andre the Giant. It had them all. And it was so much fun. I got a high score. Not the highest score, but the high score up until when I played. I think I got the high score of the night, but not on the machine. And it was so much fun. Here's the other fun thing. They played a WrestleMania special up until WrestleMania 6 up on the big screen at UpDown. So I was watching Slaughter Hogan. I was watching Hogan Warrior. I was watching Hogan Macho Man. I was watching Steamboat Savage. I was watching it all, and it was so much fun. Loved it. But I love that place, though. We've got a whole bunch of tokens that, to go back to that. And we, we said this first time we were recording this, but we got a double date. We're going to bring the wives. Yeah. And and, uh, and and we'll go. We'll oh, have some fun. wait a minute. Huh? I see what you did. there. Uh huh. Uh huh. What? I what agree because I, I was just thinking about. OK. Uh huh. Yeah. Nice shot. You like that? <laughs> nice, nice shot. But here's what also I did. Get yes. ready for the sound bite. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Yeah. Was a you were a nerd. Yes. I watched my first ever Star Wars film. Nerd! Now, I didn't see the I didn't, I didn't see the second. Uh-huh. I but you're saw gonna Rogue One. You saw Rogue One cuz you're a nerd. Well, here's why. Let me explain. So, we did a team building exercise at my work for my department. And we got free popcorn and a free drink, which was nice. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. uh, we got a choice of four movies and we all voted via uh, one of those apps that, you know, you choose it and it puts it in a computer and blah, 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 blah. Anyhow, Rogue One won. So apparently I work with a bunch of nerds. A bunch of nerds. And let me tell you, it was OK. It sure. happened. I mean, but look, it was a it, Disney movie. They put a lot of move, uh, money into that movie. It can't be terrible, but aesthetically, it was fun to watch. Darth Vader did some really cool things at the end. However, it was just to me formulaic. It was A to B to C to D to E to F and blah 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 blah. blah. Nothing was exciting. Right. No, it was just that. Yeah, that should happen. Oh, it did. Cool. Oh, that should happen. Oh, okay, it did. Cool. Like there's nothing to very easy. keep me captivated. So I saw that though. So there you go. Also, I got a new hat, which I'll be wearing from now on all the time in all my new photos. I you got love a Canada. It. Huh? What? What'd you say? You got a Canada. I got a Canada. Yes. Yeah. And I got a new retro Steiner Brothers t-shirt. And this shirt is fucking awesome. Yeah, and, I love and, it. And, and I want to talk about this because uh, you text me a picture and you're like, my new Steiner Brothers shirt. And I was like, man, you are looking like Rick Steiner with your beard. And I want to talk about this. Uh, you have got the most fabulous neck beard I have ever seen. It's pretty great, but there's nothing on my face. Nothing on your face. You have like a, a the the Hogan handlebars going on. Yep. But nothing else like on your cheeks. Literally, like where your where your jawline is is where the hair starts, and it's all on your neck, and that's natural. Natural. You, you didn't shave that at all. No. You it's only grow a neck beard and a goatee. <laughs> that's it. I love it. If only it could flip up. 
but you know like i keep Beggar's being reminded of that scene from joe dirt when he's like you're so ingrained with white trash dna that your facial yep. hair actually grows in like that yep yeah. well i come from the trailer park so <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah hey speaking of my beard though uh coming up is going to be some fun stuff i will be getting my first ever straight razor shave yeah. from a barber that's fun. So they're going to take a razor to my face to your shave face. my neck beard and my face. That is a lot of uh, – you're putting a lot of, of uh, trust in one man's steady hands. Yes. Also, uh, coming up this weekend, for anyone who has UFC Fight Pass or in the Kansas City area or want to get UFC Fight Pass, Invicta goes down here in Kansas City. And in the main event is my good pal Megan Anderson. She is fighting for the interim 145-pound championship. Mm -hmm. If she wins uh, her next fight, most likely, assuming that Cyborg Santos does not get suspended for a long period of time, will be against Cyborg to unify the belts. So explain that. That interim championship is, is how you explained it to me earlier, is the champion for some reason or another, it could be any reason, but the champion cannot mm -hmm. go and may not be able to go. So in the interest of still putting out a title fight, they put out an interim title. That person will have a title. They'll be called the champion. But if should the champion be able to go, then there will be a unification match. Uh, but if the champion can no longer go or is done, then it's just, okay, full title. You're the champ. Right. So in this case, it was because of a USADA uh, anti-doping violation. Mm -hmm. Typically it's like, for example, uh, in the men's 135 pound division, uh, Dominic Cruz was the champion, but then he ripped his ACL and then recovered and then ripped it again. So then they thought, well, he's done forever. And mm -hmm. so they made an interim championship because he was the champion, but then was physically unable for over a year to compete. So then they're like, well, we still have to have a champion because men are still fight or people are still fighting. And so here it is. And so in this yeah. case, Cyborg might be suspended for longer. So if that's the case, Megan, who I assume will win, will then just be the champion. But if uh, Cyborg does choose to fight and is able, then they will have a unification after this fight. But it goes down this Saturday night here in Kansas City at the Scottish Rite Temple, which was where NWL was he held. An amazing and venue. UFC Fight Pass. It is a super cool venue. It's it's built old school. I mean, it looks like a castle in that place. It looks like an old school opera house from like old timey day England. Like you yeah, know what I mean, like it's it's, it's a cool. great venue for wrestling. Anthony uh, Sharkbait Gutierrez, he's fought there. Um, uh, Invicta holds their events there. It's a great, great venue for all types of entertainment. Love it. Love it. But, hey, let's get mm. into that news. Let's get into the mother-loving news. Each week we cover the hottest topics right here of the wrestling world, and we'll kick it off. Uh, I'll go first. Yeah. Whoa. That's how excited I am. Yeah. That's how excited I am. <laughs> Perfect hire. I mean, he only once nearly bankrupted the company, sold it to someone who nearly did the same, and then stole the wife of our biggest talent. Oh, that's my good pal Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett is once again working for TNA, this time as an executive consultant. Jarrett commented on his new role saying, quote, This is a great opportunity for myself and GFW. And I feel it's a great, or I feel it's great for the wrestling business. End quote. Former TNA creative member Dutch Mantel will also be working for the company again. Um, <clears throat> so my beef with this is exactly what my headline says. 
what are you consulting with this guy? All he's done since he's been gone is run GFW, which has only made news because it's been having stupid problems. And when he was with you, he nearly bankrupted the company. He stole the wife of the biggest talent that was there at the time and arguably the biggest name outside of Hulk Hogan to be there. And he sold it to Dixie Carter, who did wonderful things with it, I, I might add, as well. What the fuck are you consulting with this guy for? I don't know. My biggest concern, actually, was the statement itself. If you would uh, reread it, please, and uh-huh. uh, I'll point it out as you reread it. Quote, this is a great opportunity for myself and GFW. For myself. And GFW. And I feel it's great for the wrestling business. So it's great for me, it's great for my company, and oh yeah, it's great for everyone else. You know who he never mentioned in that statement? TNA. Yeah. So it's like, what the hell? Why would you go into someone that's so (laughs) self-centered and selfish on their own stuff? Like, it doesn't make sense. It's just super Uh, weird. We could go on for night, you know. You made a great point uh, when we were not recording this first segment in our in our, in our dress rehearsal. Uh, <laughs> you made a great point that uh, you you went back to even the days when Jeff Jarrett was on WWF, right? And tell the story. Well, look if you remember this good old song. If you remember that song. Yeah. Which, listening to it now, so, it's so obvious. But back then, we didn't know. Well, here's the thing. So that was supposed to be for him, and even he didn't sing that song. Yeah, it was Road Dog. So, yeah, even in the storyline, he was a fraud. Yeah, was so <laughs> they knew... So why don't you know and not hire this guy to do anything else? I don't get it. I don't know. Let's just move on. Let's get your story. Did you like that callback, though? Uh, Side point about the with my baby tonight. Yeah. All right, here you go. The Beast is suspended. Uh, Brock Lesnar. Yes, Brock Lesnar has been suspended one year in MMA competition by the USADA program for testing uh, positive in a USADA anti-doping violation. Uh, Here's the thing to note, though. It is retroactive. It Uh started back in July. Fun fact for those who don't know a calendar, it's January, so he's already halfway done. <laughs> well, and he has no – any fight that he could book now will not happen before July anyway. Right. Even if he so, booked a fight today, it would be for past July. Right. So basically they just said, hey, we uh, are doing this to wipe our hands clean and to show you that we did something. Yeah. Meanwhile, Brock yeah. Lesnar goes – Cool story, bro. I'm going to go do WrestleMania, and then when yeah. I get bored again, I'll go fight the next big so, fat guy. So did he lose anything out of this? He kept his money, right? No, he lost uh, 250000 okay. So he lost 250000 Out of how many million also, did he make? Yeah, out of how much, we don't know. But he yeah. lost 250000 That's That's – you account for that. Like, he knew – he could potentially lose that from doping anyway, like right. going into well the thing. It. <laughs> yeah, it's right. a win-win for him. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's uh, suspended. 
And we'll see if he comes back. I think he will. I think he'll well, do one more. And Mark but, Hunt uh, is suing them now. We got into this a little bit during our dress rehearsal. But uh, uh, Mark Hunt, his opponent during that whole debacle, is now suing the UFC. Yeah. He is saying he is stating his case is that the UFC knew of the violation before his fight with Brock Lesnar, and therefore he. Uh, was jeopardized in in the sense of his health with a guy who tested positive knowingly for a substance before the fight took place. Now, here's my point. Yes, that could have been, but you don't have a smoking gun as of now. We don't know of that, at least. So from an outsider's perspective, you're fucked. And until you can produce that, no one's going to believe that that collusion actually took place. Now, speculation and Every, you know, uh, conspiracy theorist will say what they want, but concrete evidence says you've got nothing. Here's the other point, my biggest point on why I'm not sympathetic to your case. Uh, before you fought Bigfoot Silva, you tested positive. Yeah, yeah. You knew you were going into a fight testing dirty. So if you know someone else is, you really don't have two legs to stand on to say, oh, poor me. If you were this pillar of clean fighting and morality and I will do the right thing and the best will prevail. All right, good. I'm behind you 100 percent. But when you also shit the bed. I don't really care if you're going to go cry to the the lawsuits and say, I want more money. I was jeopardized. Blah, 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 blah. No one cares. So no one cares. quit your lawsuit. And yeah. you're a punk bitch for still fighting for him. You're fighting Alistair Overeem in a couple months. Now you can kick my ass. So if you see me, you will. But I'm just saying, yeah, you're kind of a coward kind of and a, a fraud and two-faced. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. Cue the collective IWC orgasm in three, two. The G1 Climax is coming to the United States in July, according to an announcement made at New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 11. New Japan will run two G1 shows at the Long Beach Convention Center in California July 1st and 2nd. And this is actually a pretty big deal. This is going to be huge. Definitely. My question, we didn't cover this the first time around in dress rehearsal, but will this be aired on pay-per-view or how will people be able to see this in America? Now, obviously, you could do the typical, you know, whatever, like how it was for New Japan, but do all New Japan pro wrestling shows get aired in pay-per-view form for Americans. Yeah, I, don't I don't know, know how that it. works. Yeah, I don't know. Now, I know they have like their network, the New Japan Pro Wrestling Network. So if you give, I think it's $7, you can have that. But mm-hmm. if I just want to view these two, I wonder how I can do yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. Here's the other thing I was going to say. After Wrestle Kingdom 11, which was incredible, and the first six-star match from Dave Meltzer. Yeah, yeah. Can I stop you again? And I'm still as heated as I was in dress rehearsal. <laughs> Okay, Dave Meltzer is an amazing pro wrestling sideline journalist, right? Mm -hmm. He knows countless people in the industry, Mm -hmm. gets many bits of news information that people are otherwise not privy to, Mm -hmm. right? And is the foremost subject matter expert in that regard. Well, and the other thing that I like that he does is he holds the powers that be, the Vince McMahons, the Eric Bischoffs, the Paul Heymans of the world, to be honest, right? So he'll call your bullshit. And so he's kind of a – 
uh, a, a man to say, yeah. hey, I'm going to speak on behalf of what is yeah. the truth for yeah, the no. most part. He's a great journalist in that regard. Right. Uh, what I don't think uh, he has much in the way of is, a, is an analyst. We put so much stock in this. Dave Meltzer giving it a five-star match, and now he's giving this his first ever six-star match. Dave Meltzer is a fucking twig who's never, like, been in the wrestling. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck this guy. Why do we care that he's rating these matches? We rate these matches, too. Like, fuck right. off, man. Yeah, I would have gave that four stars. <laughs> he gave it his first ever six stars. But neither one of us has wrestled, so who, who's right and who's wrong? Yeah, let's ask Jeremy Wyatt what he fucking thinks, which, you know, we don't ask him about that particular match later on in the show, right. but we do. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, have a wrestler review it and give his star rating, and that holds more weight than someone who's just viewed this for X amount of years. I've watched it for 20-plus years. Cataclysmic's watched it for religiously for 10, yeah, 15-plus years. Yeah, I've watched it for 30-plus you know I mean? years, yeah. Yeah, Heavy Set, another guy that's mm-hmm. just watched it religiously. So, you know what I mean? So, Heavy Set's opinion and Dave Meltzer's opinion are the same. It's right. not, neither one has wrestled, so neither one really knows. Anyhow, back to my point, though. After all the hoopla, the six-star match, and Wrestle Kingdom, which always seems to be their biggest event, going back to really Wrestle Kingdom 9 when Jim Ross called it and it gained that uh, attention here in America, at least from my perspective. I haven't heard it at that level before Wrestle Kingdom 9. I think this is the perfect opportunity to have an event before this Long Beach show and find a way to have Kenny Omega become your champion so that when he comes to America, New Japan comes to America, even though it's New Japan, you have an American speaking on behalf of the company as the champion. Because when the morning shows, the hot 97s or whatever it is, you know, fill in the blank morning shows, if you want publicity, it's easier to do it with a guy who can speak English as his first language. So I personally would find a way to have him be your champion going into those shows to help you with the PR and press locally and nationally because ESPN would like to talk to Omega over Okada and then have Okada beat Omega and now you have two stars and then you can gain even more attention and more ground and even make it a more worldwide product. That's my opinion. What about you, Captain? Uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see, you, you know, I, like New Japan obviously is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've watched a couple things that they put out with the Wrestle Kingdoms. Uh, it's just still hard for me to get past the whole, I guess, cultural and language divide. Um, just that typical yeah, American that going, way. So, Going back to Meltzer, my biggest beef with New Japan is nothing New Japan at all. I just have this disdain, and it's not their fault at all again, but... Dave Meltzer has such a hard on for Japanese pro wrestling that he thinks it's so cool because it's over there that I get mad at it kind of irrationally because I'm like, no, 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 look, Seth Rollins is every bit as good as Kenny Omega. You know, Randy Orton in his prime was every bit as good as Okada. Tanahashi is John Cena. John Cena, I, in my opinion, is way better than Tanahashi. So on and so forth. You know, you can keep going on and on and on. But my point is, is like they're both great, but I still feel the absolute best are in WWE. So even though New Japan is a very fun product to watch, that oversaturation hasn't hit America. And that's why I think it's still so cool that did you see the Omega match? Did you see the Young Bucks? Blah, 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 blah. And uh, I still think like people should still 
respect the WWE work, even though you're drowning in it with 90 hours of content a week, it feels like. Yeah, yeah. But you they're make coming a good to America, there, but... and that's a great first step. We'll see right. how it goes. Omega like it. and Okada, I would imagine, would be main eventing those shows. Possibly. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a break. Let's come back and do a segment that we haven't already uh, <laughs> went through once. We'll do tweet the table. If you don't know what that is, stick around. You're gonna love it on the Spanish announce table when we uh, come back, which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net and. For the span of 186 days, it's not possible to see the sun at the North Pole. Trinity Topics Network, back home! What's up, guys? This is Jet Royal. Jet Royal. And you're listening, you're listening to the Spanish Announce Table. You're back on the Spanish announce table. It's time for Tweet the Table. Remember, eight aces and eights? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a fun. Uh, How that Bischoff kid didn't get shot to the moon with that push. Jesus. He wasn't the worst even at it. <laughs> yeah. Diva. Oh, and then, <laughs> and then that big reveal of Devon. God, what a mess. And Hogan, like, really tried to sell that, like, as much as he could. Oh, look, Hogan is not terrible. And, I mean, he'll sell a lot, you know what I mean? And, like, for as much shit as he gets as being, like, this guy who never puts anybody over, he tries hard to, like, get folks over, you know? Like, oh, but yeah. Just... And here's the other thing. Uh, I listened, So I listened to a great podcast uh, besides ours um, that I think you should listen what? to. And- Yeah, that you should listen to and our listeners. It's called Something to Wrestle With with Bruce Pritchard. It gives you such a great insight and analysis of events that he was was actually a part of. Yeah. Yeah. He was there from like uh, WrestleMania to TNA. Like he did it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, quietly too. I mean, yeah, he was on screen and did the brother love thing and has been known, but he's quietly one of the major players in the wrestling industry. Oh, in the if you listen to the 1997 Royal Rumble uh, episode, he tells you how they book a Royal Rumble match. It's incredible. Yeah. Anyhow, he talks about how oh, actually his uh, co-host Conrad Thompson, I think his name is. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, he that's talks the, about that's the uh, Ric Flair guy who did the Ric, Ric Flair's Flair podcast is no more. Right, but that's the guy who did it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but Conrad uh, even made mention that it's it's interesting to note that we have such a beloved high regard for Andre the giant who would shit on any other big guy and actually made big John stud quit the company because he was beating his ass so much. And big John was like, well, I can't go anywhere else with this guy. So I might as well leave. But yet Hogan gets trashed because he protected his spot. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Aren't we being a little bit hypocritical we are, double yeah. standards? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyhow, uh, uh, what were we talking about? Uh, selling. Yeah, Hogan sold that Devon aces and eights. Woo! That was a hot turd. Let's just get into tweet the table. Tweet the table is a fun interactive segment of the show where you, the listener, get to tell us the hosts what to talk about by using hashtag tweet the table on your Twitter machine. 
And it goes a little something like this. At WIRCATA says, TJ Perkins teaching HBK how to dab. God, how the mighty have fallen. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, that sucked. Um, I will say this, and I don't know if it's mentioned, but how fascinating do you find it that Shawn Michaels was on WWE Monday Night Raw to promote a Christian movie Mm -hmm. and ended his promo with, and if you don't like that, I have two words for you. Suck it. Yeah, uh, and did the whole crash up. Uh, well, I talked about this on my, uh, if you go on our website, I post a weekly article uh, on Raw, five awesome thoughts about Raw. Uh, I mentioned uh, Shawn Michaels used to be the most entertaining thing in a ring. Oh, my God, yes. He used to. Yeah. But like, And I said, I'm glad he's found religion because that's yep. what he needed to get out of his self-destructive behaviors. Uh, but I don't give a shit about this movie. And nobody does. Well, there is. There's people. The family. Yeah, there's plenty. Sure. Okay. The Conrad Thompsons, who I just mentioned, sure. that family will buy it. Yeah, sure, no, but nobody like cares about it to where, like, let's get in the ring and talk about it. And he was boring the shit out of me until Rusev showed up, right? And this in this bad. whole segment, he was the second most boring thing in the ring, only second because Jinder fucking Mahal was in there. Mm-hmm. Right, he would have been the most boring if Jinder Mahal wasn't just standing there for no reason, no reason. That guy was in there for no reason. He so didn't say anything. He didn't. Well, yeah, I mean, he had a match, but like, god damn it. Yeah. Uh, I did like. Well, I liked Rusev saying, "Put my wife in the movie." Yes, that was fun. How, uh, movies work. You're right. The only thing with with HBK that's getting a little bit, hey man, what are we doing? Is I hate when when people who aren't old act old, right? And I get his body's been through hell, but the run down here, brother, didn't wind you every time. Like, stop acting like you're catching your breath from walking down a ramp. You're not that old. Right. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? You're like, he's still like, in hey, amazing shape. I need to catch my breath. Whew. Could I be in that shape when I'm his age? I would be doing pretty damn well. Well, and he's not even old. Right. I don't know. But I love him. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on. At B underscore double underscore D. If Steph wants The Undertaker on Raw, shouldn't she be talking to Shane since he's supposedly on SmackDown? Hashtag tweet the table. Well, The Undertaker mentioned that. Nobody owns him. And what? So then the fucking match before Survivor Series means absolutely fucking nothing now. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. You know why? It did. But you know why? SmackDown beat Raw on the ratings, and Vince fucking hit the panic button. Yeah, and now Undertaker goes wherever the ratings need. Right, that's exactly what is happening there. I just like because it it was leading to something. Remember, he said SmackDown's my home. You better win to you know protect this home. If you don't, you'll have hell to pay. And now it's twenty nine holes for twenty nine souls, which sounds like a fucking porn. It does. Twenty nine holes for twenty nine souls. At Chris Mercado thirty two, glad to see Rich Swan as a side to him that has something other than clapping his knees together. Hashtag tweet the table. True, but that music is too fucking cheesy to be a angry run in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of we'll get into this later. I'll I'll talk about it later. Uh, three people chime in on this one. You at Table Show T Max says it's eight thirty p.m. Central Standard Time, and I'm totally bored from Raw yet again. This makes me sad. 
Sad face. Hashtag tweet the table. At WIRCata says, you're right, Steph. When the WWE Universe expects something, we want it delivered. Like a compelling episode of Raw every week. Hashtag tweet the table. And at Theo75 says, can we have less old leather with implants on Raw, please? Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, Raw just felt kind of like, okay, here we go again. Here's the other point I would like to bring up with Monday Night Raw, right? So even on that bring it to the table show, which is obviously a ripoff on us, I'm saying it right there. Um, they they brought up should Raw be three hours? And Rosenberg was like, no, it should be two. And then Heyman and JBL were like, you're an idiot. You know how much money that brings in, which makes sense, right? But it right. still should be two. Here's my question, though. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's so hard to book for three hours. And I think that's the accepted truth across the board. I think Stephanie would tell you that Triple H would tell you that. And obviously we would tell you that. Right. Yes. So then why does the God freaking match start central time at 10.02 and go to 10.15? Why are you running over your time if you can't even fill your time? Yeah, exactly. Like I, Well, because it's contractually obligated. Obviously, we know that. But like maybe it shouldn't be. Anyway. SmackDown never goes over nine. Yeah, yeah. Mm. nine well, because they don't time. they don't have it contracted to do well, so. Well, maybe you need to fucking right. change your contract. Exactly. At Chris Mercado thirty two says this CJ Lund lady is more realistic girlfriend for Ellsworth. Hashtag tweet the table. I love how they were chanting Jobber, <laughs> like let's go Jobber. I thought she would have been who who was it CJ who London I think it was. Is that from SmackDown, the girl that wrestled yeah. Carmella? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought she'd been a great girlfriend for uh, Gallagher. Yeah, Jack, Jack Gallagher, yes. At the Iceman Forever says, SmackDown was good. Corbin is really good. I'm intrigued by the Carmella Ellsworth story. I also like Natty versus Nikki. Hashtag tweet the table. I, I'm upset with the whole Corbin thing because um, we just have him job so cleanly and easily to one AA from John Cena. Like, it's not even like John Cena doesn't have to dig deep at all. Well, the expectation would make you say, I want more, but I like that. You know what I mean? Like, that's how matches should be is what I'm trying to say. It shouldn't take every single guy three AAs. Of course not, but like, but it seemed like it was just like, Cena, so the whole storyline has been Corbin going, and they're pushing Corbin to the moon. They're trying to get him into this main event thing, right? Right? And he's like, no. You know what's not going to him with the moon? You know what's not going with him to the moon? What? His his hairline. His hairline. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, but like, so he's sitting here saying, no, screw you. You old washed up. You're out of here. Stay out of here. This is my time. Okay, never mind. You can just beat the shit out of me pretty easily. Like, it just kind of ruins the whole thing you were going for. Well, yes. But what my point is, is without the context of knowing that Seth Rollins kicks out of three of them and everyone kicks out of one. Yeah. Like, that should be what beats someone is one AA. That's my point. Get what I'm saying? Like traditionally speaking, that should be what takes someone out. It, it's, it's overkill that now we have to do three AAs, five uh, stunners off the. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That it's one AA. You know. I guess that's not my biggest problem. It's just that like, yeah, I know what you mean uh, though. Okay. Like it wasn't an epic, encounter right like it didn't yeah. seem like it was hard for john cena at all right like any match yeah. he ever wrestles is as long as that took yeah like he didn't I have agree. to like look surprised like he didn't right. have to think what do i got to do to beat this guy it was just ha psych uh, i understand i get that yeah. uh, i do love the carmella and ellsworth thing. i'm calling I it carmelsworth everyone hates on ellsworth it's, it's carmelsworth what it's carmelsworth 
Carmel's worth. I do yes. like that. Yes. yes. Um, but I've, I've got another angle. Okay, so I've talked before about how we how I want Ellsworth to be the one who's actually like smart and cunning and sinister, right? Let's just wipe that away because maybe that's not believable. But what James Ellsworth does have is this history of making stupid fucking choices, right? So Carmela's like, hey, James, and for whatever reason, he has some inexplicable charm, and she starts kind of gr- he starts growing on her, right? And she's like, man, what what the fuck is wrong with me? What it's this guy, but she keeps liking him, but it starts going to his head, and he's thinking, I'm God's greatest fucking gift to women, right? And some other girls see how she was able to use him, so they're like, well, shit, I can use Ellsworth too, and some starts flirting with him. Somebody, let's just say it's I don't know, fucking Alexa Bliss, and so he gives in drops Carmella, breaks her heart, goes with Bliss, and she just fucking uses him real quick and dumps him, and now he's got nobody. Carmella gets a good face turn out of it, and Ellsworth's sitting there going, oh, damn it, I screwed up again. Like, and that would be so fun. Yes, I love yes. that. Did you catch the backstage segment where uh, she's like, you know what, I'm going to take you, or does right. do something, but he's like, I'm going to kiss? And she's like, oh, hold on. Yeah, you're Shut right. <laughs> yeah, let's calm down. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I love this storyline. I like it a lot. All right, at Lady Undertaker says, uh, wow, Mick Foley clean shaven. I'm sad. No more Mountain Man Foley. Hashtag tweet the table. And at double A underscore W-I-R says, is Foley going to come out bald next week? Hashtag tweet the table. Uh, my point was, that motherfucker was so shaggy, he had to get his hair cut in shifts. <laughs> Like, okay, that's enough for today. You're going to have to come back next <laughs> that's week. That's a great point. It's like a tattoo that uh, you have to finish over time. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Uh, w- I, still think, I still think he looks like uh, like a, a low-level weed dealer. Yes. At WIRCATA says, WWE knows NXT the game show was the drizzling shits. So what do they do? They relive it again on a Raw segment. Hashtag tweet the table. I like that they're still doing this Titus O New Day thing. Yeah. I want this to keep going. Because here's the thing. The New Day had the longest tag team title reign, right? And they lost it. Well, it would just feel weird and forced to put them into some random tag team feud, right? And they're not quite ready to break them up yet. So you got to have something to do. I feel like this is perfect. I agree. And I, I think next week will be the big E match. Now, then after that, what do we do? I don't know. But, yeah, I think this is a good do we pause get, on the tag team division. Do and we then get let's two tag teams out of this? Do we get a heel turn and somebody joins with Titus and maybe it's like a tag team feud after this? Or uh, that uh, Calm down. They're not that smart. I don't know. At Lady Undertaker says, wonder if there will ever be a mixed tag match with Renee and Ambrose and Miz and Maurice. Hashtag to the table. I feel like that's where it's got to go. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, it seems logical at least. And and they can protect Renee. She can learn just enough to get a few moves here and there, and you know. Of course, Maurice yeah, has wrestled before, so she knows how to bump for. Her, so. Oh, she can just get the hot tag and a pin, and that's it. You You're right, I mean? really. Yeah, that's all they really need to do. All right, four people chime in on this one at Table Show. Team X says. So it's Undertaker versus Braun at WrestleMania. Hashtag tweet the table. At Chris Mercado 32 says, at least we know where Taker has been these last two months. He was busy digging 29 holes. And at his age, that takes a while. Hashtag tweet the table. At WIRCATA says, Taker in the Rumble. If I wanted to watch a bunch of old farts in the Royal Rumble, I'd watch the gimmick battle royal. And at Lady Undertaker says, love me some Taker promo. His voice makes me orgasm. Love his dark greatness. Hashtag tweet the table. Whoa. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. His voice makes her orgasm. 
hot take and hot panties. That's a hot take and hot panties. Woo! Well, she is the Lady Undertaker. I guess that would kind of make sense. Yeah, now it's starting to make a little bit more sense. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's clearly where they're leading, right? The mat, or did you catch the segment? Yeah, because he's watching from the back. Braun and he Strowman was the is, only one. That's why one. I said it. And there's no way. If they no him. There's, yeah, go ahead. I would say if they would have showed him and Roman and Seth all different shots watching backstage. Okay, look yeah. at how important this this uh, announcement is. But they only showed nope. one guy, and not not even the most naive of wrestling fans thinks the the Undertaker's winning the Royal Rumble, right? Like Fuck so, right? Goldberg won in a minute. Well, yeah, I guess you never know, but I. I would be shocked. I, I, I would not be surprised if Goldberg wins it. I would not be surprised if uh, fucking anybody wins it, really. But The Undertaker is just like, that's not why he's there. He's not going to have another title reign. It's just uh, like, I would be shocked. It, that's well, clearly a know. setup. Strowman and him are going to go at it, and that's where it's going to lead. And that's going to be sure the I sure hope match. not, because don't you still want to see the Cena Undertaker? I do, but here's where, here's where I'm kind of upset about Brock beating the streak yes that was a cool moment but uh that's what ending the streak was built for you're gonna make this next big monster braun Strowman. he hasn't had like a wrestlemania match yet he could have gone on his own streak because he's an unbeatable monster like this is what that was built for to build somebody who needs that final little push to make it be like oh, okay damn yeah right? but wouldn't we be upset if let's say the streak breaking the streak never happened right mm-hmm wouldn't we be upset if they still run that same promo with the streak intact and we go, oh, okay, so Braun's going to break the streak because this is going to be Undertaker's last match, and then we're still whining about something? Sure. Oh, yeah, I guess we would, but it just felt yeah. more right because Brock didn't need that rub, I guess, but, you know, whatever. It was what it was. It was shocking. So, But I think he did because after that, I mean, there was no bigger attraction in wrestling for a solid year and a half true. than Brock Lesnar. It's true. It's true. Well, what really sold it was the Heyman promo. Well, but yeah. you, you it's a package deal. Yeah, it is. At B underscore double underscore. I honestly don't want Kenny Omega in WWE. They'd just mess him up and put him in like 205 Live or something. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, he'd be in the club. He'd be in the rubber band club. Pew. Pew, pew. At Chris Mercado32 says Neville and Rich Swan are very awful on the mic. Hashtag tweet the table. So is everyone else in that division. Yeah. At Theo75, uh, JoJo is the Raw main event. What a beauty. Hashtag tweet the table. You like JoJo. Uh, they actually hired a uh, new announcer from oh, yeah. the House of Hardcore. I saw that. Have you seen yeah. the pictures of this guy? He looks like a fucking dork. All right. At Chris Mercado32. <laughs> you know, I put on, uh, I think it was on one of my posts. That I was like, uh, God damn it. I didn't get the job again. Maybe I should actually apply for the job. <laughs> How did I not get the thing? Why did they just ask me? Don't they know? Yeah. At Chris Mercado32 says, nice to see the women of SmackDown Live are getting to make a history for a change. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah. yeah the, uh, hey, I cage match. <laughs> yeah, because those whole um, women making history thing was all re you know relegated to Raw for a while. This will be nice. But where does that luchador girl come in? It's going to be Mickey James, isn't it? I hope so, but I where does so she too. come in? Because now it's a cage. Uh, yeah, it's a cage. Underneath, like Undertaker? Does she repel from the ceiling with an Arby sandwich? At Lady Undertaker says. The last person that that propelled from the sky in a mask in WWE didn't end up too well. Yeah. 
Uh, at Lady Undertaker, is Daniel Bryan really comfortable in this role of SmackDown GM? Seems to be awkward at times. Hashtag tweet the table. Well, yeah, because he was never good on the mic. No, I think he's amazing. I think the times that where he's awkward, I actually, I, I think, think he's, he's great on SmackDown Live. Where I don't think he's great is in the backstage promos on SmackDown. Oh, I think he's great there too. Oh, God, I think I he's know. awesome everywhere. Yeah. I think. I think sometimes it bleeds through too much, and it's not anyone's fault, but I guess health, but he wants to wrestle. Yeah, I know it. You know what I mean? So sometimes when he cuts a promo, what he would do is get in your face, but he knows he can't because now he's regulated to you know, a non-wrestling role. So he goes, well, shit, I actually wouldn't do this, but I guess since I can't wrestle, I'll do this. And it comes off a little awkward, I think. But I still love it. It's awesome. He's the best. At WIR says, lol. Rollins thinks he will be main eventing WrestleMania. That's cute. Hashtag tweet the table. Well, it'll be a main event match, whatever they, you know, <laughs> yeah, however yeah. they build it'll that. Be it'll one be of the, on the poster. It'll be one of the seven main events. At right. B underscore double underscore. What? B underscore double underscore. Oh, B underscore. I didn't hear that part. Yeah. <laughs> Enzo Amore looks like the Stephen Hawking of this generation. Hashtag tweet the table. I love the scooter. I think he should always keep it. I think that yeah. it should be his thing from now on. Yes, because yeah. I love how he still does this. Like he goes over to one side and he comes back mm-hmm. this and he backs up. It's fun. At WIR Canada says, I legit burst out laughing after Nia kicked Sasha's legs out from under. Roughle them out. Hashtag tweet the table. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> yeah. At- I liked how she grabbed Charlotte Flair, though, by like the tits because she was <laughs> yeah. wearing like a strap. <laughs> so right. she like grabbed her by the tits. By the tits. Look at my tits. At right, Dave Wright says, why do WWE authority figures uh, offices always look like they are in a hallway with curtains for walls? Hashtag to the table. Well, okay, so they're on the road, so they don't have actual offices for them. And that's honestly probably like how it would work in a real thing. Like I bet Vince McMahon probably sits back somewhere. Now he may get like a room in the building, but other people, they probably have partitions that they set up. Yeah. I yeah, mean, you've been just... back in, in, in these, uh, you've been back in a lot of, uh, uh, MMA events there's not yeah. like they have a whole bunch of offices in these arenas yeah there's just one room I was backstage at the Sprint Center yeah and the and the president of the company that I was working for just took a room yeah exactly like it's just, know, just like do. I'm here just take yeah. a room at B underscore double underscore <laughs> says oh dear Emma I will wait forever hashtag tweet the table it always catches my eye as soon as they start playing those photos <laughs> so keep doing it I don't care I like how um uh, it was Corey Graves. He said, patience is not a virtue I was born with, but I will learn it for Emelina. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, that's a great line. That At WIRCATA says, good thing USADA doesn't test WWE superstars because Jinder Mahal would have failed by now. He looks ridiculous. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, that dude is juiced to the gills, man. Good for him. At Chris Mercado 32 says, Chris Jericho has now won every title possible. Y2J is the best Ever, hashtag tweet the table and at b underscore double underscore D. says roman reigns haters are happy because he lost the u.s title hope they realize it's because he's about to main event mania hashtag tweet the table yeah i'm a little worried about that i'm just happy that the u.s title can actually have a storyline hopefully he can carry any storyline that eventually gives it to whomever is going to take it from him roman reigns could not even in the slightest and yep. that's why I'm excited. Five people chime in on this one. At Theo75 says, get lost, TJ Perkins. HBK does not need to know how to do the dab. Hashtag tweet the table. At WIRCATA says, 
So HBK's part on this Raw was to plug his lame Christian movie and then kill Rusev's heat. Sounds about right. Hashtag tweet the table. At B underscore double underscore D. Says HBK with almost no pop. That's surprising. Hashtag tweet the table. At Lady Undertaker says love Enzo and Cass with Michaels. Pure gold. Almost had a DX flashback. Hashtag tweet the table. And at the Iceman forever says Raw was a pretty good show. My favorite part was HBK, Enzo, and Cass segment. Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag Iceman approved. We kind of touched on that pretty heavily but uh, i just kind of felt like well with the hbk uh no pop i mean it was a little bit you know it's like yeah that's him but i think we're starting to get conditioned to know what to expect from the part-timer retirement guys yeah. walking out well and they made it very clear he's out here to promote a movie right they yeah. said it they the didn't whole say time he has a special announcement or anything yep. like that so we we're just like yep. okay and final one, and Chris Mercado32 says, very badass video package of the lone wolf. I like that fucking guy. Hashtag tweet the table. He's money. He Shave his head, and yes. he's fucking gold. Yes, shave his fucking head. But I like that fucking or, guy. Or just give him a different haircut, something. You know what I mean? Something. They need something. All right, well, let's take a break. We're going to come back and answer uh, some listener emails and then give you two max three Ps. Uh, if you want to know how to email the show, stick around and find out in the next segment. Hmm? Hmm? of the Spanish Announce Table, which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. And life hack, call any pizza place and ask if they have any orders that people didn't pick up. They'll let you buy them at a discount. TrainingTopicsNetwork.com This is the Mile High Magnum Drape, and you're listening to the Spanish Announce Table. Welcome to the second hour-ish of the Spanish Announce Table on SpanishAnnounceTable.net and... TrendingTopicsNetwork.com Second hour-ish, two weeks in a row, we got to play that music. That's what I like when we have interviews. That's the only reason I like interviews is, is we get to play that music. Well, I like interviews because I like to talk to our guests. No, you don't. You don't like people. Well, Not. that could also be true as well. <laughs> that could also be true. We have a longtime friend of the show. Uh, we used to call him... Uh, Many things. The Rebel Jeremy Wyatt, the Belt Collector. Now he's the Monarch Jeremy Wyatt. Jeremy, how are you? I am good. How are you guys? What's this like my third, fourth time here? Oh, it might even be more than that. Gosh, I don't know. At this point, you you did a you did a WrestleMania, couple WrestleMania specials. You did the Strider Wyatt interview. Yeah, maybe four. Then times. we did a Strider Wyatt one hour special about your guys's one hour or your guys's match for Metro Pro. Yeah. Yeah, man, you're almost the the third co-host at this point. We got to give you royalties yeah, at some point. Sign, sign me up. Give me some royalties. I'll take them. <laughs> so let's get into this. The last most of our listeners knew outside of say the uh, Kansas City, St. Louis area, you were retiring. You were having your last match, and that's not the case anymore. Something drew you back in. You want to get into that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I don't ever like classifying something as like completely retiring because it's wrestling but sure the plan was i was like 99 percent certain that 
that match in July versus Strider was going to be my final match. And then uh, pretty much the same time that was going on, uh, the will started going in motion for this, uh, the whole NWL. And uh, it was a major based in the, 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 uh, the guy who, you know, created NWL. It's the very first show he ever went to uh, independent, you know, was uh, the the match with me and Strider back in July. So, oh wow. Uh, so uh, you know, I, I guess if he's going to see one of, you know, that's that that was a good one to see. That was. Anyways, uh, uh, so you know, Chris Goff kind of was keeping me informed on what was going on. Was like, yeah, man, we, you know, really like you to be a part of this. We know, you know, you're, you know, quote unquote retired. Blah blah blah. Uh, and then, uh, just the more that I learned about it, uh, the more, you know, interest I had and, um, you know, finally got to the point where like, you know, there's really no reason for me not to be a part of this. Uh, I didn't, you know, stop having, I wasn't planning on stopping having matches because I, you know, I can't go anymore or because, you know, my body was too beat up and brittle and broken, you know, it was just kind of, uh, you know, I'd done it for 15 years and there wasn't really much else to do mm-hmm. around here without me traveling. And I, you know, I don't really have the desire to, uh, you know, travel a lot just because I got, you know, a life beyond right, just yeah. wrestling. Right. And, um, I don't know. So, what I mean, is. you know, it's just like the moons and stars align kind of thing. If this thing didn't come along, then I wouldn't be back, but it did. And, you know, here we are. So you're known as the Monarch. Uh, did you come up with that? Is that an NWL creation? And kind of tell us about the Monarch, Jeremy Wyatt, in comparison to uh, the belt collector, Jeremy Wyatt, who we saw in uh, Kansas City and St. Louis as far as Metro Pro and uh, the other promotion. Uh, yeah, I mean, I came up with the name. Uh, I was willing to come up with a new name altogether, uh, you know, because you know, pretty much everybody did. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, they were just like, we want you to be Jeremy Wyatt. And, uh, so I wanted to come up with a new moniker of some sort, uh, just to do something a little bit different. I didn't want to come back and do the exact same thing. Uh, so I came up with the Monarch with the idea. Basically it's, um, you know, like as, you know, the rebel or whatever. Uh, I, you know, I've been a baby face for four or, you know, the last four or five years in the Kansas city area. Uh, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, I fight for the people and, you know, blah, blah, blah you know, that kind of stuff. And right. I just want to do the complete opposite of that. And, and then with the Monarch, it, uh, you know, it kind of ties into Kansas city and I'm a baseball fan, uh, you know, the Kansas city Monarchs, uh, and then, you know, the wrestling royalty, uh, you know, all those things kind of tied into one is how I came up with the monarch. And cause I was thinking, and, and I really like lions and, uh, I was trying to think of something and then it just popped in my head one day. I was just like, well, the monarch Kansas city, there we go. That's yeah. it. And so I pitched it and they liked it and. Here we are. Well, and it fits well now because you get to wear that badass robe. And since you did the Ric Flair retirement, yeah. it only fits that you've got 
the Ric Flair robe, and now you get to stand up there and kind of it, it. How good does it feel after five years of of playing that baby face? Not that that's a you know an annoying thing to you, but how good does it feel to flip the switch and now you get to just spit venom out there? I mean, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Obviously, I uh, you know I I never was like real fond of being a baby face until kind of like the last year or so I, I learned to enjoy it more. And I, I think I became pretty good at it. I think the thing is with me is I don't really change too much. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not really that much different than I was. It's just a little couple tweaks here and there. Uh, but I think uh, being baby face for so long and kind of being you know, like they're, they're trying to reach a new audience, a bigger audience, but you know, quite a few of the fans that were there, they know who I am. So I think the fact that I was able to play a pretty good baby face, it, uh, helps me be an even a more effective heel now. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not, I, I'm not changing too much, but I'm just tweaking some things here and there. And, you know, I got a lot of ideas going forward, so I think uh, I think uh, people will be in be in store for some uh, pretty good stuff and some different stuff that maybe they're not quite expecting to see from me. Okay. Well, when we spoke with Major, uh, we did an interview with him a, a few weeks back. Uh, he he spoke about how this is kind of going to be a more family friendly show, kind of a show for all ages. And the last time that I can remember you, uh, at least on video, being a heel was out in St. Louis, and you were given the du- double middle fingers. You were telling people to suck it and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, what kind of challenges, at least for you, because it seemed like uh, you played that heel role as far as the middle fingers, pretty well how is it going to be different now that this is a family-friendly show like what challenges do you see as far as being a heel in a pg era oh there's no challenges the the the, the stuff you saw that's like that was at st louis anarchy and that there is pretty much anything goes and that that their crowd is you know very uh vile and vulgar so it was just giving it back more you know even more so what they were giving so uh, you know, I, I have no problem, you know, pissing people off without like flipping them off or, you know, right. calling them a piece of shit or something, you know, it's, it's, it's not hard, so, right. uh, but it, but it is more I, fun, right? Oh yeah. It's totally a lot of fun, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just doing different things. I mean, uh, I mean, it's really not to me, it's not a big challenge because, I don't rely on that. I just there. It's just kind of how it goes, and so you just kind of give back what you get. So, so turning back to the NWL, and we're we're hoping to maybe get uh, you know uh, Major Basin back on to go more in depth, but you can shed some light in on this. Uh, the one of the reasons it brought you back in, like you said, is because it's it's kind of a great deal for for the workers like you're now able to let's say be rewarded more athlete for to to entice you to stick around after 15 years so they're actually giving people more benefits it's a better deal than say your typical indie promotion that's out there yeah i mean it's it's being ran like a legitimate business uh you know it's there's there's guys that are that have like actual benefits, you know, insurance, 
uh, there's guys that are their living is wrestling now. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, and that's, you know, that's the full, full-time guys. There's only a handful of full-time guys, but like even the part-time guys, um, you know, you're, you're being paid well, um, and you're being provided an opportunity for just a lot of bookings and it'll be, it's it, what will be fun to me is, you know, like I love Metro pro. I mean, I, that's, you know, my favorite place I've ever worked. Uh, but the shows were every, you know, month and a half, two months. Right. And this is going to be every other week. So storylines, you can really progress and really do some interesting stuff. And you can like, to me, like it was amazing that with the time in between shows, like some of the angles, like I'll just, I'll talk about myself on this, but like, uh, like the stuff with me and Strider, you know, it lasted a year and a half, almost two years, but we were able to like retain the heat from show to show, yeah. even though there was a two months, you know, time right. in right. between well, with this, you know, there's two weeks. So I think you can keep, if something gets hot and cooking, like you can really go full bore with it. And like, you can go in so many more different directions just because the, the turnaround is so quick. And I think, uh, you know, once this thing really gets going and they really get, you know, deep into angles, that's what's going to be the driving force of, you know, bringing in a consistent crowd, show in and show out. Because, you know, a lot of people are complaining about the prices going up and, you know, they're not going to be able to afford it. But if you're giving them something worth seeing, they'll find a way to pay for it. I mean, mm -hmm. people go to you know, T-Bones games and uh, Missouri Mavericks games and say nothing yeah. about the price. Yeah, it's not an outrageous our cost. It's better. just, yeah. Our, our product is better than their product. Like, right. <laughs> uh, I mean, in my opinion, like minor league hockey and minor league baseball, well, it's not even, it's independent baseball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I think, I think what we're offering is a better product than what they are. So... Uh, you know, like I said, you don't, you don't hear people complain like, Oh, I got to show up 30 bucks to go to this Mavericks game. Right. Right. Or whatever. Well, one so, thing, one thing uh, about your yeah, heel turn, my uh, one thing about your heel turn, uh, this time around is now you're actually aligning yourself with Michael Strider. Have you guys done that before? As far as this kind of role where he's your manager and I mean, you've only done one show and it was the, the first uh, fight KC show, but you've done some promos as well. How has it been working with them this time around as far as kind of a team? I mean, it's been, you know, it's been fun obviously so far. And I, I think it's going to get, you know, even more fun as we go along. Uh, you know, pre previous to this, we've never really, never really been on the same side ever. Um, so it's like a new dynamic to that. And, uh, you know, I, I think, um, I think the two of us together is going to lend for some, you know, pretty, pretty interesting stories and, uh, some devious acts. So, right. uh, no, I'm excited for it, and I think I, I think it's going to go really well. I, I mean, you know, away from the ring, we're, you know, we're pretty good friends. So, uh, I see no reason why, you know, that's not going to translate to what we're doing. Mm -hmm. 
So even um, even as as you mentioned, it's every other week. It even can kind of be more than that because the way this NWL is set up, and at least these first two, and if they expand later, it'll be kind of a similar situation. But there's a St. Louis component to this, and they even kind of overlap. So it, some of these storylines could even bleed over into you know the other shows on the other end, which are running the other weeks. So you could almost get into some storylines sure. the whole month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, the, you know, they have, um, it's the alternating weeks, you know, they run, they're running Kansas city every other Saturday and they're running St. Louis every other Thursday, which, you know, people have complained about that as well. But of course. You know, I, I think their, their goal is to be on Saturday. It's just a matter of getting to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's going to be kinks to work out and everything's not going to be smooth sailing, but for the most part, things have went pretty well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's going to be, you know, like there's uh they're having a return or I don't know if it's, I don't think it's a rematch exactly, but they're having another, they're having a six man tomorrow night at mm-hmm. the St. Louis debut show. Yeah. Dak Draper uh-huh. inserted himself in lieu of Blaine Meeks. Yeah. Yeah. With the Regals. I'm not sure. I think. I think the Blood Brothers are on the St. Louis side, which is uh, Matt Grundy and Davey Gibson, which formerly was Fitchett and Vega. Uh-huh. I'm not sure who the I'm not sure who the third partner is, but I would imagine it's uh, Todd. So, but... Yeah, but uh, so there's going to be you know, and I'm sure, like I'm sure at some point that I will go to St. Louis for a handful of shows here and there, and I'm sure you'll see more guys. You know, I think they want to keep it. You know, I'm I'm just guessing, you know, I'm not in the meetings or anything, but sure. from what I gather, they want to keep it pretty separate for the most part. Sure. But there's going to be a little little weaving in and out of well, guys, they, you know, so, with stuff going on. So. Well, and so Major brought it up, uh, you know, he even, he brought out an infamous PowerPoint to explain how it'll work, and the crowd even began chanting for the PowerPoint. Uh, but yeah, so eventually, what the way he sold it is, uh, they kind of run in seasons, and the wins and losses matter because then there will be almost a tournament-like feel at the end of the season between the two sides for kind of a brand supremacy, which is is always a neat deal because I think there's an inherent, uh, you know, there's an inherent thing that people like to get. It's almost like a sports team. You like to to just shit on the other city for no reason, you know? Yeah, exactly. So uh, I like the 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 idea that wins and losses are going to matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives it a more, it gives it that more of a sport feel. And, uh, you know, I can see, you know, as the, as the year goes on, you know, like you're, you're in July or whatever, and they've got, you know, got his win loss records listed and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and there'll be, there'll be reasons for guys to be actual contenders to titles and not just like random, uh, you know, Oh, we need to put, so-and-so in a match so let's just throw him in this title match and you know the guy's three and nine this year but he's getting a title shot you know or whatever example right. like that but uh uh yeah man I, I i think they got a lot of really good ideas and um i mean like i said it's it's going to be a work in progress because i'm sure some things that they want to do right now they're going to try and maybe they don't work the way they want and they're going to adjust i mean that's you know that's just how it works but i I think the, you know, they got people in in line to do the job, and I, I think, uh, you know, they're all going to work together really well, and they all kind of add or have 
something that they can, you know, contribute. You know, not every guy there is like the exact same guy who, you know, Chris, you know, ran an uh, independent promotion for the last five years and worked for WWE. And then you got like, you know, Major, who's a businessman. You got Travis, who has a background in Memphis. You got, you know, I think Derek Stone's helping a little bit. And I know he's doing the, tr- with the helping with the, or he's actually the head trainer, but I think he's probably helping with the booking. Derek's got, you know, 25 years of experience and, you know, so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, like I, I'm, I'm really excited for the whole thing. Well, talk us about talk to us a little bit about that first night, the first Fight KC sh- uh, show. So we've heard from fans, you know, I've seen the posts on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that stuff about how great of a show it was. The LED screen looked amazing. You know, the venue was really cool. But being a pro wrestler that night, being a part of their first show, what was it like for you? And kind of describe that night from your point of view. Um, you know, I was. I was really excited going into it and um you know I, I'm I'm just as excited about everything like after it's over the night you know for the 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 first night and you know the like everything went pretty smooth um you know and, and just the, the venue's really cool like it it's you know all I was thinking was at some point, you know, that place is going to be full. And, you know, when I went out there, I, you know, I'm looking up, you know, there's people, there's, you know, the balcony and there's the orchestra and, you know, there's people scattered about, there's a, you know, a decent sized crowd, but I was just thinking, you know, one day this place is going to be completely full and it's going to be amazing. And, uh, you know, just to walk out in, in, in a, in a cool venue like that, with the the LED board that's like twelve by twenty, it looks like a Titan Tron. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, coming out with custom music and a you know a, a you know video, a custom video, a highlight video. And you know, it it it, it was a it's a very very cool and exciting moment night. Uh, and I don't see how uh, any guy who was a part of the show couldn't be excited kind of for the future yeah i think that was a a huge thing about it too is because a typical knock you'll get on the indies is that production is low lighting's bad you know but this was this went all out i mean production was top notch you had independently commissioned music like you said the gigantic video board an amazing venue and it was loud already and that thing was you know probably not even a third full so i can't imagine uh, what it's going to be like as the word gets around, uh, and I'm super excited for that. So the next one coming up here is what the 21st, I think is the date next Saturday. Yep. Uh, yep. Do you already know who you're who you got on that show? I have no idea. Uh, I haven't heard anything yet. Some uh, other poor unsuspecting soul. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's not going to be last callow again. Right. Uh, I uh, I. I would prefer an opponent that uh, helps me at least break a little bit of a sweat. So yeah, T Max says you should grab Shark Bait and throw him around the ring a little bit. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll toss Shark Shark Bait around. He, shark Bait's coming along pretty good, man. He's he's a. Uh, I see him up at the uh, the training center that's, here and there. And, you know, that's another he's thing. A, he's he's going to be a. 
He's, he's going to be pretty good, I think, one day. That's another thing that we didn't haven't touched on yet either is, so right now they have a training center per se, but they are actually building, I think it's a 10,000 square foot training and performance yeah. center here in Kansas City, and it's going to have state-of-the-art equipment, and there's even more big things coming down that they haven't even released yet that only we've only heard wind of, so I'm sure some of the folks that are involved know some of the cooler stuff that's going to happen, but that, that training and performance center is supposed to be one of the best places to work out in the city yeah it's going to be insane um that's a it's it's the people it's amazing to me that like there's this there's the internet man and like that's where people go to be negative or shit on things Mm -hmm. and (laughs) there's there's just there's so much cool like so many cool aspects to this that people should be excited about and you know the people in the know are excited about uh and uh it's just you know you know like uh pardon my language but these guys ain't fucking around right like they're they are they are doing this and they are doing it right and they're doing it to the best of their ability and they are you know full steam ahead uh you know they're putting the resources into this where anyone involved in this has no excuse not to be successful. There's no reason why a guy can't be successful or shouldn't be successful that is involved with this promotion, whether it's Kansas City or St. Louis or whatever else comes down the pipe, which will be coming down the pipe at some point. Well, I like it, man. I appreciate you coming on. We'll let you go so, you, so we don't have to waste your, your whole evening here. But everybody needs to check it out and check out your new social media stuff. It's all over what Monarch, Jeremy Wyatt on the Facebook and that sort of thing. Um, January 21st. Uh, and uh, word is these are going to be put up on YouTube later and they're still working on a, a TV deal. So people even outside the area are going to be able to see this. Uh, so, you know, you don't have to just be in KC or St. Louis to catch wind of this. So. Uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Is there anything else you want to plug or, or, or knock it out of the park before we let you go? Nah, just, you know, thanks for having me on. Thanks for supporting the NWL and as well as, you know, all independent promotions around here. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it, man. I, I think, uh, the people that are cynics just, you know, you got to give it a chance. I think you will be more than pleasantly surprised with, uh, how this all turns out and uh you know i'm glad you know people gave it a shot this last saturday i mean it's going to be every other saturday so there's going to be plenty of opportunities to come out and have fun so i'm excited we'll be there uh, one way or another we're hoping to get media pr- credentials again still waiting on the word back but would don't see any reason why we wouldn't so hopefully we'll be out there and maybe we'll catch another uh uh, once once you're in character, man, there's no getting you out of it. We'll we'll get you back in as the monarch, Jeremy Wyatt, and see what you have to say again uh, another week into it. All right, man. Sounds good. All right, man. Appreciate you being on. Thanks, Jeremy. No problem. That's fun, man. I'm excited for this thing. I've got a surprise for you, too, here, T-Mac. We have another interview that's already in the books. Uh, so if you've heard, I, I put out the NWL special. Yes, caught, I do. I am caught, aware of that. Caught eight interviews, and they were all in character. Which was yeah, fun. Yeah, I caught that. Which yeah, was yeah, yeah. fun. I love doing that. Uh, uh, but we caught one that was out of character, and it's a gentleman who we're, we're, we need to sit down and have a longer conversation with on here. Uh, but he was running around. But I got uh, the vice president of marketing uh, for a couple questions. It's Travis Bowden, who's has a history in 
in Memphis Pro Wrestling, as Jeremy alluded to. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll play that real quick and kind of get your thoughts on that. You ready for that? Yeah, let's hear it. Make sure everything's ready for that. And here we are. Once again, Captain Awesome with the Spanish announce table. I have the, the VP of Marketing of the National Wrestling League, Travis Bowden. But we also saw the return of Scott Bowden. Uh, you want to you want to chime in on that a little bit? Uh, yeah, I worked for years in uh, in Memphis years ago as the manager of Jerry the King Lawler. It uh, was basically your all around frat boy heel manager. Uh, I was a uh, kind of a protege of Eddie Gilbert, and uh, yeah, I was I was Scott Bowden then. I uh, since went in uh, got into the advertising world, went into Los Angeles and uh, got involved in film promotions and kind of left Scott Bowden behind. Uh, and when I started working for the NWL as Travis Bowden, uh, we started talking about maybe me doing some commentary. And I said, well, I told Major Basin, you've got Travis Bowden under contract for your marketing VP, but you have yet to sign Scott Bowden. So we still have some contract negotiations to work out, but if we can, then I'm going to remain the, uh, the uh, color guy for the NWL. So you're so talented, you found a way to get two checks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that, that, that's the idea. Oh, okay. That's the idea. And, and Major would probably argue that I don't deserve either one of them, but, uh, but that's the way Major, Major never puts me over. Well, then, so we had a huge event. It's obviously the inaugural event for the National Wrestling League. We had Fight KC. I think the crowd loved it. What did you think of the event overall? I, I, I tell you, my, my, my voice is shot. And, and that's known only from, from calling every single match. It's almost like I, I was a fan, right? Uh, and, I, you know, and I've seen these characters. Uh, everybody made a big deal about us, uh, kind of re, re, rebranding some of these guys and giving them new identities and things like that. But I, you know, to see these guys develop and embrace uh, their new uh, personas and 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 come out and uh, and 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 work harder than I, I've seen them work in months. You know, we've been scouting some of the best talent in the Midwest because we wanted to give this rivalry between Kansas City and St. Louis uh, a real sense of authenticity. And it would only work if we actually had a core group of guys from the Midwest signed to the organization. And we did go out and we got, you know, Blaine Meeks from Austin, Texas, and we got Dak Draper from Denver. And I'm sure we're, we're going to be adding more national guys to the mix. But, I mean, it really, it, you know, I, I, lo- I love uh, the best wrestling storylines are, are when fantasy and reality are a little bit blurred, right? And each promotion in each city, they these guys, they, they want to be the best promotion. So in, in, in a way, it, it's a legit rivalry. Um, and, and it's such a compelling storyline uh, to, to, to communicate, and it's a great story to tell. And I think everybody was really into it. And to close the night, you know, with everybody chanting, fight KC, I mean, that was the exact reaction that we were looking for. Uh, you know, it, it, the, definitely the, the guys on the KC side enjoyed the, the home field advantage. Uh, and it just makes it sense to maybe bring it back next next week in uh, St. Louis, right? Exactly. Well, I appreciate your time. I won't keep you. You've got a lot of hands to shake and all that kind of stuff. But is there any last words for the NWL fans? Uh, well, I just think this was a tremendous start. And, uh, you know, I know that there were uh, a lot of doubters out there. Uh, that, that you know said that we were you know trying to uh, to recreate wrestling or something like that. We just want to make this the best wrestling town in America. I mean, Kansas City uh, and, and St. Louis both were both tremendous wrestling towns. So I grew up in Memphis. That was a that was a huge wrestling town. We, you know, we just want to take local wrestling back and make it something special again. And uh, you know, and that's not a knock against any of the other indie promotions. They're all doing a fantastic job too. But there's so much great indie talent 
around right now. I mean, let's just make the best of it. Let's give the fans the best possible experience. Well, you heard it there first. Travis Skybound, thank you for your time. Thank you. So that was it. Uh, I'm super excited for this thing because it is fun to have a, a local thing that we can go to twice a week. Uh, they're even kind of letting us walk around and play journalists, which is fun. And uh, it's just, you know, it's unique to see somebody doing the indie promotion and not an indie style. Does that make sense? Of course. Yeah. yeah. From all things uh, that I saw online, uh, from our uh, Tweet the Table Instagram page and uh, Facebook page that you posted, and then some other people along with like uh, the Regal Twins and Anthony and Major mm-hmm. and stuff like that, it all looked amazing and it all looked really top notch. So I'm excited to uh, go to the next show uh, coming up on the 21st, see the second show, because it's always easy. I always say that. It's always oh, yeah. easy. As far as it's not easy to get the show running, but it's easy to make a splash, right? <laughs> you can do yeah. all the bells and whistles on the first show. Go do it again, right? Well, and it's and even so that's you know, where it's going to be fun to see right. if you can do it twice. And yeah. you got Jeremy Wyatt in here who's believing 100%. You got Michael Strider believing 100%. Major's obviously a smart guy. Yep. Uh, Look, some of these guys. You got a lot of talented people who could make, the, make this a real thing. Some of our friends of the show believe so much that they quit their current jobs to go work for this thing full time, which is is saying a lot. Says something. Yeah. Says something because and these are people that are not young and naive to the business. They know a shyster when they see one. They've been screwed over and you know, like screwed out of pay and stuff like that. So they they don't just jump in and go, Oh yeah, you're gonna okay, fine, you're gonna pay me. No. So for them to say something gives me uh gives me pause and reason to believe that uh, this might be something and uh God I'm just We'll continue checking it out, but we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and answer some listener emails. Big thanks to all the folks at NWL for letting me hang around out there, and especially Jeremy White coming on and talking to us about his next stage in his career. But we'll be back next, uh, right after this break, for the emails on the Spanish Announce Table, which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. And the largest prime number is 13,395 digits long. Training Topics Network. That This is the Monarch Jeremy Wyatt, and you are listening to the Spanish Announce Table. this theme music i know some people aren't a fan but i like it i like it's a good homage and the beat works with it it's fun it fits her it does because it's kind of cheesy you kind of don't like it you still listen to it and and i still yeah it's cheesy you think of cool things but i still but i still bop to it you know what i mean i'm like god this music kind of sucks but i'm dancing right yeah all right, this is the email segment of the show. If you want to email the show, just fucking do it. Tableshow at gmail.com. That is the same email account that you will use if you want to send us a dollar or two or five or ten or hundred, whatever you want to send us on the PayPal. 
tableshow at gmail.com. We do this show free for your download, so you should make it not free and give us money. All right, T-Mac, you ready for the emails? I am. All right, let's get into them. We always kick them off. Uh, we've only got two this week, so this will be quick. We always kick them off, though, every single time. Never fail with Katie, the first lady. She says, well. what's up, guys? I really only have one thing to talk about, and maybe a possible WrestleMania match. The backstage segment with Stephanie, Sasha, and Bailey, I thought, was interesting, especially with Steph when she got in Sasha's face about being the actual legit boss and Sasha looking like she was going to hurt her. Now, I read stories that uh, that Sasha is supposedly getting a big match at WrestleMania and the legit boss having a match with the boss is pretty big. And if it's not Stephanie, then who? Because I see Charlotte and Bailey going all the way till Mania. I'm liking the way Royal Rumble is looking. Do you agree? Talk to you guys next week. Later. Katie, the first lady. You think we could see Stephanie McMahon versus Sasha Banks? I bet they could run that angle and go, here's you know, the, the heir apparent to WWE taking on Snoop Dogg's cousin and running with a media thing where they get Snoop yes. Dogg involved. I think it all makes sense. I think it's easily plausible. It's It writes itself, the whole, oh, Definitely. you're the boss thing. Yep. I don't know. But for some reason, my gut says with Goldberg, Lesnar, Undertaker, Cena, AJ, split show on top of that. So then even more matches from a SmackDown lower you know, tag match and then a Raw lower singles match. All of that content. And I know it's already nine hours. I don't see... Adding Stephanie will add value. And True. I she's a mother and she'll have shit to do. Vince isn't getting any younger, so she probably has more shit to do this year than last. So maybe, but I just think with the responsibilities, Vince's age, and how much now with the split show they've got to fit into WrestleMania because everyone gets an award at WrestleMania time. Yes. Um, I don't see it happening. So who do I think? I think it's been a four woman show since the brand split yeah. and the fourth woman or the fourth woman who is now coming up as far as uh, up and coming star is Nia Jax. So I could easily just see a fatal four way, right? Bailey, yeah. Charlotte, Sasha, Nia Jax. They find a fun moment to relive the rivalry that was Charlotte and Sasha and they fight each other like Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn did. But I think, it, to me, I think that's the safest, easiest way to get everyone in at one time and have a fun little match. Yeah. And it's a fatal four-way. That's just my opinion. I like that. I, and I agree with that. All right, Katie, the first lady. Love hearing from you. All right, what do we got next in the second email? Mr. The, the number two fourth email. Row. What? Yeah. Mr. Fourth Row. Mr. Fourth Row. Yes. Every time he emails, we don't have at least four emails stinks it's like his own curse yeah it's like yeah it's like the curse if, of the bambino but if the he, curse of the fourth if he row doesn't email we'll get more than four we'll get six yeah right <laughs> all right here we go hey all so the right. undertaker was on raw this week and he said was. he's back he and is. entering the royal rumble he is didn't he say the same thing about being back on smackdown a few months ago he did how many times can a superstar say they're back before we say, duh? Yeah, no shit. I mean, 
I mean, using the this logic, every superstar can say this every week yeah. they appear on hey, Raw or SmackDown. Hey, hey, the Spanish announce table is back. Or even worse, when they come back from commercial break. Yeah. What do you back. all think? <laughs> yeah, once I again, hate that. Once again, that's my view. Not from the cheap seats, not from the expensive seats, but from the fourth row. Yeah, Mr. Man, fourth I, row. I, uh, uh, I hate it. I hate it every time. And, and just like... Like they're like Shawn Michaels is back. Well, no, he's not. He's just standing in the mm-hmm. ring and fucking talking. Same thing with the Undertaker. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you're back. Not yet. You're back at the Royal Rumble. Maybe if you don't get injured in training before then. Yep. Like, <laughs> fuck. I think it was a great pop initially when. So the pinnacle of this statement, as far as a crowd reaction and everyone getting their panties wet, was when Rock came back and said he is back. Home and everyone was like, ah, blah, 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 blah. and then he cut the promo on Cena, right? Yeah, that's that's the pinnacle, and I think everyone is hoping that their stardom and their fanfare and their following will get that same reaction by them saying, "I'm back." Here's the thing: just like the oversaturation of WWE's product right now, the oversaturation of that statement has got us to go from "Yes, oh my God, Phil in the name is back" to uh huh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's my favorite superstar, Phil in the name. Phil in the name. Phil in the name. Oh, and his valet, Adele, computer. Adele, computer. <laughs> With his manager, Dick is in you. All right, let's. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Fourth Row, we love those emails. Uh, you know, every time you email, though, we, just, we don't get four. That's kind of a shame. Let's move into each week, T-Mac gives us three Ps. What are those Ps? He gives us something either that was positive from the week of wrestling or could be positive. You just need to be a little bit patient with it because oftentimes as wrestling fans, we can get a little sour and a little impatient. So, T-Mac, what are your three Ps for the week? Here it is. P1, it's a positive. Okay. It is Y2J is the United States champion, making him a Grand Slam champion and making the United States championship, hopefully, so it's a tad bit of a patient, hopefully a storyline in a three-plus-hour Raw segment yeah. or so show, I should say. Where, When we start talking about the greatest wrestlers of all time, I mean, where are we putting Jericho? Nine. I mean, yeah, like he's in the top ten, right? He's nine. Yeah, that feels good. Like real low top ten to me feels right. Because without never, naming what they are, but that just feels right. 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 Because never here's the only knock to me about Jericho. He was never at any time in his career the top ever, guy. ever, ever the top guy that is bringing in people. Right now, his run in 2009 when he was the champion and he was heel and he was dressing in suits, it was still Cena. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yep. so, and I know heels aren't necessarily the draw. It's supposed to be the baby face. So sure. I understand your argument, but still he was never accepted as the number one guy, yeah, even no. though he was champ. Uh, but I mean, like he had everything else he wanted. He has mainstream crossover appeal. He has won every title. He can wrestle any style of match. Kind of like how you mentioned, um, uh, Scott Hall. Now he's shorter, so he doesn't have this big ability, but he can wrestle from under. But he yep. can also wrestle a smaller guy and wrestle big. He can wrestle heel and be dirty, or but he can hype up the crowd. And he could flip that switch tomorrow if you asked him. Go out there and turn face on Kevin Owens. It would take him two seconds. 
Oh yeah, the the positive attributes of a Jericho career is, I mean, almost as long as his list. You know yeah, what I mean? So right. It's incredible. I mean, even to think about like the IWC loves him. Remember that first ECW one night stand? Mm-hmm. He came out as Lionheart. Yeah. And the ECW crowd popped. You know form? what I feel like? I feel like he was the first IWC superstar. Right, like the first yeah. IWC darling, because that's when the internet started booming. Was right when WCW was starting to fuck him over a lot, and everybody mm-hmm. was like, "Hey, man, that's when this we first started cool. realizing the power of the internet wrestling community in pro wrestling." Because mm-hmm. that made WWE go, or F at the time, and go, "Well, shit, man! Clearly, people want to see this guy in a big spot, and they wasted no time putting him in that spot when they got there because of that reason. There's no other reason Vince McMahon would have put a guy of that size and stature in the spot he put him in if it wasn't for that IWC response. Totally agree, and his talent. I mean, well, sure, of course, talent, but yeah, but there was plenty of talented people of size that never got the chance because there wasn't that already built-in fan response that he knew was there. You know what? After we post this show. I'll ask that question on our Twitter. Who was the first IWC darling? If it isn't Jericho, I'll put Jericho as there, but then, you know, someone else. Yeah. Yeah, because I can't think. I mean, like, Foley was close to a little bit after that time, I feel like. Uh, Mm -hmm. But. Well, yeah, that ECW Kane Dewey uh thing. Well, and then, like, it's almost like that's when they all started going, hey, damn it. Yeah. Make him the champ. You know, like. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. All right, here's P2. P2. It's a it's a positive in the sense of a haha, right? So this mm-hmm. week overall wasn't the f- best, right? It's not going to go down in the history books as remember this time, but it was okay, right? Uh 205 live. Did you catch what happened? Um I so I did not catch 205 live, but I saw the breakup, is that what you're getting at? Cedric yeah. Alexander yeah. broke up with Alicia Fox, and she for once, she, she had a meltdown that made yes. sense. Right. Uh, well, the first one made sense when she was being a, just a weirdo, right? Like, but then it, well, but that's a, I mean, that's yeah. not relatable. That's like making no. fun of no, a but mentally this ill did, person. Uh, but I like, uh, I kind of like because it shocked me too when she grabbed Noam Dar and just started making out with him. I was like, oh shit. This storyline got interesting all of a sudden. And I like how he was and like, then it just went, what he's like, what? <laughs> like, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then they just went into like, well, nah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. She was like, eh. Right. Yeah. And that's what the storyline did too. Cause we were like, what? This is cool. All right. Oh, uh, no. But then Cedric broke up with her and she had a meltdown. And this is what makes it interesting. When she does the crazy thing backstage and throws a cake at Nia Jax or whatever. To me, and maybe I'm being too liberal and sensitive, and ho, 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 even though I'm black-hearted and I hate it, people, uh, that's kind of like making fun of a mentally Ill, Ill person, right? Yes. Like, they're just flipping out because yes. they flip out? Well, yeah. What I was Randy Orton's? You. She has intermittent explosive disorder. Right. Like, I can go to a mental hospital and show you 15 of those people, yeah, and right. it's not funny. You it's know not what I mean? funny, right. But a woman's scorn? Now that I can get behind. Yes. We've either seen a woman scorn, made a woman scorn, or you are a woman scorn. Yes, and hell so hath no relate. fury like yes. a woman scorn. All right, so I like it. Now you give that some legs and these outbursts. Now I can say, okay, I get it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this isn't a mean spirited so, thing. So here's what I've thought about 205 lately, and I haven't watched the most recent episode, but I, I, our biggest knock coming into it was you guys have no storyline outside of telling us that Brian Kendrick was close to being a child molester by picking up TJ Perkins from high school and taking him to a warehouse <laughs> to roll around in their underwear together. Um <laughs> Beyond that, there was nothing to it. But now we have the gentleman, Jack Gallagher, and we've uh-huh. got this storyline. So I'm like, hey, yep. man, in an hour show, that's not terrible. Yeah, they're they're getting some legs. Yeah, they're, they're uh, shot. starting to run with the ball. Yeah. All right, here we go. P- P3. Three, and it's a positive. Okay. All positives now, this week? I said or no, this... this was patient. The other one was, right? No, they're all three they're positives. They're all positives. I like it. The Y2J thing had a hint of patient just because the U.S. title could easily go back to Roman Reigns next yes. week, and then this is all for nothing. Uh, which unfortunately could happen. Yes. But it's my P3 is a positive, and it's Dolph Ziggler losing after the heel turn. Yeah. yeah. Right? So what I like about this is typically when someone goes the other side of the fence, either mm-hmm. baby face to heel, heel to baby face, all of a sudden now they're unstoppable. Yeah. Well, what's great about this is Dolph Ziggler was losing as a baby face, gets mad that people are helping him and now his anger is working against him and he's still losing. I guess I didn't think of that and that's a good play because that will continue to fuel his angry demeanor. Right, because if it's just a one week outburst and then the next week he just has a little chip on his shoulder and he wins, well hey, we can all relate to that. Now he can but relax. Yeah. And then say fuck both of these guys, I'm going to hit him with chairs. Well now you're an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Which so, I kind of like I I just kind of still wish like now, I know we've talked about how you don't like how they suddenly change everything when they flip sides, but the music just doesn't fit with a heel no. Dolph Ziggler and the pink, yeah. you know, shirt and the turning around and the, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to have a little bit of a change, though, in right. your demeanor. Well, just resting bitch face good, isn't enough. Right. I think a good <sighs> subtle change that Dolph Ziggler can pick up on is like what the Usos did, right? So their music was jumping around, yeah. fire, hit it up. Now walk right just walk to it i don't care about you yep. yeah don't and turn I, around and shake your ass just fucking walk out and like get to the ring and let's do this i'm ready but to kick still show ass. off still like yeah it, the show off aspect of the mr steal your girl still plays well into a heel but right now that's not his focus right now his focus is god damn it i can't win i gotta fucking beat somebody i don't right. like all the other stuff's got to go to the side the the turning around and shaking the fucking Mm-hmm. putting your arms like all that's fucking like no i'm getting in here yeah. i'm getting work done yep right i, agree. I like so it i like the three p's. p's i like that man that's good all right well let's get the fuck out of here man we've had a long show we had a dress rehearsal for the first segment i really wish you all could have heard the impromptu oh, cinco preguntas with my wife it was fun and the dogs made an appearance but paseo oh well. yeah oh well the rest of the show was good. Big shout out to uh, Jeremy Wyatt and all the folks over at the NWL for uh, letting me play along this weekend uh, and hopefully more to come on that. And we will be back next week for episode 182 of the Spanish Announce Table, which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net. And a human eyeball weighs one ounce. TrinityTopicsNetwork.com.